Good morning. We're going to open the message by reading Colossians 2, 6 through 23, if you want to follow along in your Bibles, or it'll be up here on the screen. And now, just as you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world, rather than from Christ. For in God lives all the fullness of God in the human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God, who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins, and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all your sins, he canceled the record of the charges against us, and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. So don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink, or for not celebrating certain holiday, holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come, and Christ himself is that reality. Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial or the worship of angels, saying they have had visions about these things. Their sinful minds have made them proud, and they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body. For he holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. You have died with Christ, and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following the rules of the world, such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch? Such rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline, but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. Thank you, Abigail. Uh, Boy, guys, like I get excited when it's Youth Sunday and then uh, something like a pastor appreciation that I I didn't even think about, I'd forgotten about, and so I'm a mess today emotionally. And like I said, I get excited about Youth Sunday anyway, but these guys are doing such a good job to see them pick up the responsibility and uh, be leaders in our community and in our church and and I am so honored to serve a church in which they are doing that. Now, today the scripture that uh, Abigail just read, <clears throat> it's a pretty good chunk of scripture. But I think it has so much good that we can study from. I'm going to try to condense it down to the, the good parts, that, which it's all good, but some, some primary focal points of what God wants us to know. Um, <clears throat> let me pray for us uh, Father God, I thank you so much again for your word and for your youth that you've led through today. Lord, I ask you to give us discernment and wisdom as we research this. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Uh, the first two verses that, that I want to focus on, verses uh, 6 and 7, they talk about <clears throat> strong faith. Uh, Verse 6 and 7 says, And now, just as you've accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue 
to follow Him. Let your roots grow down into Him and let your lives be built on Him and then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Strong faith. It's, it's something that all of us want. Well, And if you don't want it, you should want to have strong faith. It comes from being rooted in Christ, this verse says. Like a mighty tree that grows big and tall and strong, its roots grow deep into the ground so that no matter what wind blows against it, it can remain standing in the upright position that a tree was meant to be grown in. Everything that we do in life should be built on the foundation of the one who created us and the one who has saved us. And therefore our roots, this verse says, should grow down into Him. Our lives should be built on Him. Point number one for today's sermon is to grow strong in faith. Strong in faith. Now here's a question. When was the last time that you did something for God? Like devoted some time to Him. Devoted an hour specifically set aside to do what God wants you to do. Or maybe you set aside uh, four hours or a whole day just for God. Devoted to Him. Now, I would encourage everyone to get in the habit of doing that. Maybe it's ten minutes. Uh, Maybe it's an hour. Maybe a a whole day in a month or a year or whatever uh, you and God are able to work out. Some people do this on their drive to work. I know I've heard from several of you that that's a holy time. When you drive to work, you you turn off all the distractions, the radio, and you just focus on having a conversation with God. Now, I've found that when I specifically devote my time to doing only what God wants me to, I spend a lot of time talking with Him. I spend time uh, talking with Him. It's kind of like when you get first married. Uh, you don't know everything about your spouse. And so uh, you're asking them, hey, hey what, do you want, what do you want for supper tonight? Or, or what do you want to do on, on the weekends? And then as, as you get older or as you grow on in your marriage, you know, you've been married for a bunch of years, uh, I would say you know, you know what they want on Tuesday night to eat. Um, you know what they want to do on weekends. So you, so you stop having to ask so many questions. Um, you set aside some time for God, and you're not used to that. You're going to be asking, hey, God, what, what do you want me to do? And all we know that, that God wants us to read the Scripture. That's definitely something that God wants us to do. But, but if we set aside maybe an hour's worth of time and we start reading, and I don't know about you, but, but boy, after about a, a 10 or, or 15 or 20 minutes, um, well, I can't hardly read no more. I get to moving around. I get to thinking. I mean, I could actually push myself and continue to read, but my mind wouldn't be in it. I'd be thinking about other things. And um, those of you who can sit and read for hours, I am jealous but uh, what do we do after that time when we've read as much as we can read and now it's time to do something? Well, that's time to reflect 
on what you have read. Time to speak to God. Okay, God, this is kind of weird. I, I can't read Scripture anymore. What do you want me to do now? What's, what's my next step? And as we grow in doing time with God, we get to uh, a point where it's easier us for easier for us to know what He wants us to do. Like in your marriage, as you mature and grow on in, in age, you know your spouse better. When you got to be in conversation with God constantly, you've got to start applying His words that you have read. Now, the deeper your roots grow into Christ, the easier it is to know what He wants you to do. So, spending time with Him becomes easier. And the better your relationship with Him is, the stronger your faith will be. Strong faith is something that you need because the enemy the enemy is going to come after you. He's out to get you. My, my grandmother always said, uh, when somebody would slip up and say a bad word, she'd say, look out, devil's going to get you. And I just remember her saying that. And there is an enemy that tries to get us, whether it's saying a, a bad word or doing something uh, that we shouldn't be doing or thanking thoughts that we shouldn't. We have to watch out because there's an enemy and he's coming after you and he's trying to capture you or any person he is trying to capture uh, because they are beginning to be rooted in God. Colossians 2, verse 8. says, Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than uh, from Christ. Do you see there there is a capture that is uh, working its way into your life if you hear the philosophies and the high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking. Human thinking is the problem here. Human ideas. Notice the philosophies and the nonsense. Oh, they sound good. They're high-sounding. But they're empty. Now, I think about my mind, human thinking, uh, and boy, I can think a lot of things. But the Scripture over and over again, especially in Proverbs, read that book, um, it tells us how we think uh, differently than God thinks. How our thoughts can be evil and God's cannot. And so we have to channel our thoughts into what God would be thinking thinking things that are pure and lovely and good and true and not things of this world that are led by the spiritual powers, by human thinking, because that's where the problem lies. Emptiness and high-sounding nonsense. Oh, there's a lot of things that come from human minds, but boy, they sound like good ideas but get us into trouble. Mm. So pay attention and don't be captured or condemned. 
This is point number two. Don't be captured or condemned. Uh, this chapter that we're reading and, and, and uh, studying today has uh, three times it says, don't let. Don't let. It, it, it starts out in verse 8. Don't let anyone capture you with these empty philosophies, nice-sounding nonsense. And it goes down to verse 16. It says, don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink. Um, and in verse 10, I mean verse uh, 18, it says, don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial. And we'll talk about this in just a second. Um, this this uh, idea of condemning you by insisting on, on pious uh, self-denial or what you eat or drink um, is the condemnation that comes from uh, when the Old Testament law of saying, man, you had to do this and this, and if you don't do that, if you don't um, be a certain way, then your sin's not forgiven. And Paul is, is saying, hey, the word of Christ is, is different now. We have a faith that gives us grace through Christ's death and resurrection. But the enemy will try to condemn you for everything he can. And this comes from human thinking again. Their sinful minds have made them proud. And they're not connected with Christ. Not connected. Again, this is human teaching that's the problem. This chapter talks about uh, things that used to be done in accordance to fulfill God's law. But now Jesus has come and there were some followers in the church that wanted to cling to these ways and say, hey, Jesus is not quite enough. We still need to stick to all the old laws and follow them. Paul says, no. Don't be captured by this. Uh, Romans eight, chapter one, verse uh, chapter eight. Romans eight, verse one says, "So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus, and because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. No condemnation." to those who belong to Christ Jesus. <clears throat> Man, <clears throat> we could condemn ourselves all day long by the things we do. More importantly, others could condemn us for being hypocrites, for making mistakes. But if we belong to Christ Jesus, <clears throat> then we are no longer condemned. Don't let anyone convince you that there is other things than Jesus. Whether it be laws to follow or things to worship or offerings to give unless it is 100% for Jesus. Don't let. That reminds me of another verse that starts out as don't let. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12 through 13. And this is uh, really convenient because this is a youth, youth verse for Youth Sunday. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, 
in the way you live, in your love, in your faith, and your purity until I get there. Focus on the reading of scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. Now we had some, some encouragement today by the reading of the scriptures to the church, by youth, by the example that they were setting. First part of this says, don't let anyone think less of you when you are young, because you are young. Now, uh, at first, you know, being a young man, I would think, don't let anyone think less of you. And the idea of, of strong-arming some, I am not going to let anybody think less of me. And, and how do you do that? How do you get someone to not think less of you because you are, you are younger or smaller? Well, it spells it all out right here. And there's no forcing or strong-arming or uh, making them not think less of you. But it's by example. By the example that you set. The example in the way you live of how you show love of your faith and purity and what you say encouraging them the others and reading the scriptures and oh, and teaching them a uh, youth you are not off the hook as far as your responsibility to teach maybe you're a student yourself most of you youth are but you're still to be teaching your peers and those who are younger than you and those who don't know the word of the lord don't let anyone think less of you because you are young how do you do that? It's by being an example in what you say and live and love and faith and purity, focusing on the scriptures. Point number two again, don't be captured or condemned if we are captured by the high-sounding nonsense from the worldly human view or if we are condemned, allow ourselves to be condemned by the world Captured and condemned, it equals you die. But the verse I read a minute ago, Romans chapter 8, verse 2, is so, so good. So good. And because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin. There is life. When you put your faith in Jesus, that equals life. You get life. That doesn't come from being captured or condemned. That comes from the life-giving power of Jesus. Point number three is be alive. I speak to you, youth, and to you who are older than youth. Be alive. Our scriptures tell us over and over again how we are saved by grace through faith. God has made you alive. Don't forget it and continue to live it. Paul's mission here is to tell us how Christ has come and that He lives in us and that we get Life. 
Verse 12 of our chapter today says, For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with Him you were raised to new life because you trusted in the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. There it is, folks. New life because you trusted. New life through the power of God who raised Christ from the dead and who can also raise you to new life. This verse, verse 12, it can't be read alone though. We have to include the verse before it and the verse after it. So verse 11 says this, When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. And when you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not a, phys- but not a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with Him you were raised to a new life, because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins, because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for He forgave all our sins. Spiritual circumcision. So we were buried with Christ and raised to new life because of the spiritual circumcision. And that's how we were made alive with Christ. The spiritual circumcision, the the cutting away of sin. Now, we talked a little bit about uh, the Old Testament ways. You know, um, the, the scriptures that were read, they talked about, you know, don't eat this, uh, don't do this, uh, do this seven times, and, and a bunch of rules. And those rules were God, given by God and, and ordered, and, and they, uh, some of them are good for us to do now, but what do we apply, apply today is Jesus and circumcision was one of those rules. This was a system that God set up for a very specific reason. And now we get to see that reason. He tells us in the Old Testament to not eat pork and, and, and vultures. And, and sometimes we think, well, uh, you know, we, we, can, we know why he told us not to eat pork back then because um, you get trichinosis if you don't cook pork all the way or or properly prepared. Or we know why he told us not to eat um, vultures and animals who eat dead things because that's gross. And sometimes we explain away the spiritual implication of these things. Circumcision. Uh, something that's kind of uncomfortable to talk about, but we can explain away, well, there must have been some reason for it, some physical reason. But now, Paul says it to us, that was to bring about light to the spiritual circumcision, the separation of something. To be separated, to be set apart. The Old Testament said that God wanted His people to be set apart from the Gentiles. 
set apart. Not that, that these people are better than these people, but these people have chosen to follow God and they are clearly set apart from those who do not choose to follow God. And today, that spiritual circumcision is us and our sinful nature to be separated. Uh, this, this past week, a couple nights ago, well, two nights ago on Friday, um, and I mentioned it last week, that the Lord was calling me to go to the town of Independence, Kansas, to a, a festival called uh, Neowale. And so I uh, loaded up the motorcycle and I headed down there on, on Friday evening. And <clears throat> that is a big celebration. There's people everywhere. I've never seen so many people in one certain spot except for two different times. One time I was in, I was in South Korea at an uh, Olympic game and there was just people everywhere. And so at this place there was people everywhere. This time there were mostly Americans and it was, it was a crazy thing. And I was standing there on the streets thinking, uh, Lord, what do you have me here for? And a little bit of, of uh, like social anxiety, so many people. Like, well, what am I? And then I realized I was staring at, at, at a sign across the street, one of those temporary signs, and, and it hit me. What I saw on the sign, this must be what the Lord has me here for. Deep fat fried cookie dough. <clears throat> I mean, sometimes I, I've heard of like deep fat fried uh, uh, Twinkies and Oreos. It doesn't, it doesn't even sound really good. I mean, it did give you a heart attack, but maybe it is good. And then like deep fat fried sticks of butter, uh, but cookie dough. Now that, that caught my attention. So I had to have some, some of those. So I, I purchased, a, a, they came in a little cardboard uh, box thing with, with like a stack of napkins underneath to soak up part of the oil that they were fried in. And it was four of them, little uh, powdered sugar on top and, I ate two of them right then and there, and they were so rich. I couldn't eat the rest of them, so I put them in the back uh, bag of my motorcycle, and I, I rode to the camp spot that night, and I set up my tent, <clears throat> and the tent that I, that I uh, bring is one of those military types where it doesn't have, no, doesn't have bottom in it, and so uh, it's open there, and I got it all set up, and everything laid out inside of my tent, crawled in there, and um, did some studying, and prayed, and then fell asleep, and all of a sudden, uh, I, w- I was woken up by something. And I realized I'm hearing sniffing noise. Like, <laughs> and just like my dog. But my dog's not there. Uh, and so what in the world is going on? And I- I'd ate the, 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 two, um, the two leftover balls of cookie dough. So I didn't have those in there anymore. And the, the tent that I set up, by the way, I, d- I didn't have steaks. So I was just pounding... Um, uh, sticks into the ground to hold my tent up without a hammer and so it I just finally got it so it barely stand up and I didn't touch it when I was crawling there because it would fall in on me and something was trying to get underneath my tent I mean I, I like in a good adventure I, I have nothing against wrestling a wild animal either um, makes for a good story uh, but then as soon as he uh, stuck his head under and it was pitch black I couldn't tell what it was the whole tent started to shake and lean I realized, I can't have this. And so I said, hey, get out of here. <coughs> and I heard it run off. Oh, well, maybe it won't come back. And I uh, fell asleep again, and I, I was woken a little bit later to sniffing again. 
And my tent was moving at this point. And he was going to come inside of my tent. And I was, what am I going to do? And I, oh, I see. There's something inside of my tent that he wants. And it's that box of grease where the fried cookie dough was. He smells that once it just as bad as I wanted it the night before. So I had to get rid of it. So I poke my head out the door. It was, I didn't want to leave my sleeping bag. It was cold. And um, I had no place to put it, no trash. And my motorcycle, couldn't put it in there. So I lit it on fire. And like the whole campground probably thought my tent was on fire. But I had to get rid of it and burn it right there. And problem solved. No more sniffing. No more wild animal wanting into my tent. Because I got rid of the evil thing that I probably shouldn't have put in my body the night before. Separation from our sin can sometimes be the same thing. You know, that's how God wants it to be, that we are separated from our sin. And sometimes we think something's a good idea and we put it inside of ourselves. Or we read it or we watch it or we do it and then He wants us to get it out to destroy it so that it is separate, so that we are set apart from our sinful nature. You know what that's, that's like? You know what that's, uh, how to do that? It's giving it over to Jesus. It's asking God to take it from you. It's nailing it to the cross because He already paid the penalty for it. No condemnation. Even though we did it, He paid for it. And that makes me be thankful. That makes me be grateful for what He's done. Verse 20 of this chapter says, You have died with Christ, and He has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. Set free. So we need to be alive, folks. Separate ourselves from that sin that's inside of us. Turn from it. Be separated and set apart from it. And know that we are alive and start living like we are alive. Now I want to read these last two verses to you. It's, they're from right in the middle of our chapter here. Verse 14 and 15 says, He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly publicly by His victory over them on the cross. Man, if there is any reason to celebrate, if there is any reason to be glad or to be thankful, this is it right here. Oh, Jesus publicly. The victory over them on the cross. Talking about the spiritual rulers and authorities. The same ones who are threatening to capture us and condemn us and pull us down so that we can't get to heaven. Jesus won the victory over them. Grow strong, my brothers and sisters in the faith. Don't be captured or condemned and be truly alive because He has won the victory. Oh, have you recorded the uh, Chiefs game against the 49ers the other day? 
Maybe you recorded it. I don't know. You guys have watched it. But, but uh, the Chiefs won, right? And they won by a decent amount. Well, if you recorded that game because you couldn't watch it when it was being played, and the next day you watched the game, but somebody told you, hey, the Chiefs won, it was a good game, you need to watch it. And say you were watching that game, and the 49ers were way ahead in the first half, but you knew that Chiefs won. That would make it more exciting, right? Oh, the Chiefs are behind, but I know they win the victory. I know that they get ahead and win the game, and that will make it even more exciting. I can't wait to see this comeback. That would make the game even better to watch. Listen, folks. You know who wins the victory. You know that Christ won the victory on the cross and through the resurrection, and if you're on His side, you know how the game ends for you. That should make life even more exciting. Even when we are threatened and persecuted and the world around us seems to get darker and more dim and more uh, not honoring God, then we can know that the victory is His. Because of that, we can be excited and we can have joy and peace because we know that we're on His side. Jesus has won the battle for you. And I don't mean that He just did it for you so that you didn't have to do it. I mean that He won it because He wants you. You are the object that He wants, and so He fought the battle so that He could have you. It was over you. Let's be thankful that we get to live a life full of of joy and peace in a place where there is uh, everything but joy and peace. That we can see the, 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 the goodness because it was overcame by the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior. Won't you pray with me now? But Father God, we are so grateful for Your Word and so grateful that the victory was won through You. Lord, I pray that You will make our faith strong, that You will help us to grow our roots down deep in You. Lord, I pray that You will help us to give over every sin and every evil thing that enters into our minds and to our hearts, Lord. That we'd be able to just get rid of it, set it apart, to be uh, circumcised of the spiritual, spiritual sinful nature that we have, God. We don't let those... Evil thoughts control us. Lord, I I pray that you will help us to live a life worth living. A life that honors you. Lord, we thank you so much for the second chances that you give. The glory goes to you. Amen.